Donald Trump is simply the best face that America has. What? And on the other hand, that is the tragedy of the American people. Okay. Now we got to understand this. The only way we can understand this is we, we need a little, we need a, a context, a theoretical context. All right. And to do that, we should turn to a tradition of political analysis connected with Niccolò Machiavelli. Okay, and I know Machiavelli, he wrote the book The Prince, so yeah. and that showed people how, how to gain power, how to stay in power, and it was actually had some pretty uh, remarkable ways of doing that, very strange ways of doing that. Yes, like uh, kill all your enemies the first day because then people won't hold it against you. Okay, uh, good idea there. Now, again, Machiavelli has to be understood to be what he was, which is a, patri a patriotic Florentine and a okay. patriotic Italian. Mm -hmm. He wanted to get the foreigners out of Italy, and that meant unifying Italy, or at least strengthening Florence, so that it could resist these this, these periodic German invasions. Okay. And uh, and therefore you needed you needed strong leadership. He right. was very hard-eyed. That is, he looked mm -hmm. at the world the way it is, not the way he wanted it to be. God. He himself was, of course, a great Florentine patriot, and when they kicked out the evil Medici family, mm -hmm. he, uh, he organized a citizen militia, which did very well in battle against professional mercenary armies. We're dealing with, really, a man of gr enormous talent and intelligence, and also enormous integrity, and it's too bad that his reputation has been gone down uh, in history as evil, be simply because he told the truth about the nature of power. He seems like a patriot, yeah. like a guy who really cared about his country. Yeah, and politicians don't want you to tell the truth about power, you see. So okay. that, so, so ever since, he's had, a, he's had a bad word. Now, one of the things which Machiavelli understood, um, he talked about two kinds of political leaders, which he characterized as lions and foxes. Okay, that Lions good. are warriors. Right. You know, they're the guy who you know, leads men into battle. Soldiers and, like yeah, generals. Nobody that... gets in my way. Right. You know, I'm, I'll, uh, I'll strike you down. And they're straightforward, sincere, authentic, and heroic. I like that. Then, uh, but there are other kinds of leaders who tend to be, they're the foxes. They're wily. They're mm. sly. What mm. the Italians call furbo. They're 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 cle they're clever at uh, at undermining uh, the the opposition, and uh, they can rule successfully up to a point. But the trouble that, that Machiavelli saw is that when foxes go up against lions, if the lion has a big army, you know, and knows how to use it, then mm -hmm. the foxes have to run for cover. Okay. And unfortunately, in modern times, almost all political leaders, with the exception, say, of Joseph Stalin and a few others, they've almost all been foxes. That is, weaselly, lying, deceitful, slimy little characters. Manipulation yeah. of, of things and lying. Yeah. Just wire, lying about what Wire pulling and, and uh, use, use of propaganda, use of the media. But you would say that, uh, how do you say, Machia Machiavelli? Machiavelli. Machiavelli. You would say that he would instruct on how to be a fox or how to be a lion. Yes, that's right. He gave, he certainly, uh, but that's only a small part of his literary career. For example, he was a great dramatist. His uh, analysis of the early part of uh, Livy's Roman history is a, a breathtakingly brilliant analysis of how people try to form a republic and why they usually can't keep it, hmm. you know, because of all the forces against them. It's quite a, an astonishing thing. I think we may have done a, a, one of our book nights on okay. on that, and uh, I've, I've been writing on it for some time. It anyway. sounds like we are mostly uh, had to contend with foxes versus yeah. lions in the United States. You look at Democrats and Republicans, yeah. 
Is one worse than the other? Or they're all foxes. They're and almost lions all and... foxes, but uh, but you know, a character a character like Trump is like somebody from this. On one level, it's somebody from, like from the Stone Age. He uh, he's a bull at a china shop. He just comes in and says, "I want this. I want that. Do it my way, or you get out. You're right. fired." All of that, whether it's however true or not, it is certainly the image of Trump is is that of a, a barbarian lion. Now, what I'm getting at yeah. is that in the Machiavellian tradition, as it comes down into the 19th century and the 20th century, people like, uh, like Vilfredo Pareto and Gaetano Mosca developed a theory of elites. Rule number one is what I think is sometimes called the iron law of oligarchy. Okay. There's only one form of government, and that is oligarchy. I don't, I don't care how powerful you are. Joseph Stalin needed tens of thousands of loyal soldiers and party members to do his bidding. I don't and know what oligarchy is. Oligarchy is ruled by the few. Oh, as okay. As opposed to democracy ruled by the people. Okay. So oligarchy is ruled by the few, and not not, not the, the best few, which is aristocracy, but simply any narrow elite class that governs. Oh, the uh, iron law of oligarchy states it's the only form of government, because the ruler, no matter how despotic he is, has to have colleagues that he can rely on. Okay. And they have colleagues and assistants. Sure. On the, on the other hand, democracy is impossible, because as Alexander Hamilton said famously, the people, sir, is a great beast. In other words, the people is unreflective, they can't act with a common will, and so what the people who rule democracies are small, little oligarchy who pull all the strings. Hmm. And in fact, we're going to be talking about that, about, uh, about Henry Sumner Maine's analysis of wire pulling hmm. in his book, Popular Government. Well, you see that the masses also, it reminds me of uh, Jesus, you know, they were like, Hosanna! Yes, that's right. And then crucify! Yes, exactly. It didn't take too much time before everything switched and so this beast, I understand that analogy of the yeah. beast, it doesn't really, it's a, it's a wild mind. That's, that's right. And it, 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 it's, it's not a very docile beast either. So the first principle here okay. is the law of oligarchy. oligarchy. The second principle is that oligarchy comes in different forms. So we could have it a, a, an elite class of warriors, as mm -hmm. we were, of, of lions, okay. an elite class of foxes, an elite class of harp players or businessmen. Or the, the, one of the big revolutions in, uh, in uh, modern history is what James Burnham, by the way, a self-described Machiavellian who wrote a book called The Machiavellians, which mm. I strongly recommend. Burnham argued, uh, while he was still a member of the Trotskyist wing of the Communist Party, mm -hmm. in his book The Managerial Revolution, he said that the, the old bourgeois, that is the bourgeoisie, the ownership class, the people who owned property at factories and banks, that they had ruled the world for 150 years or so, but they were giving way to a new managerial class of technocrats who didn't actually own the stuff, mm -hmm. but they, they, they controlled government, they controlled labor unions, they controlled big business. Mm -hmm. And he pointed to the examples of the Third Reich, the U uh, Soviet Union under Stalin, mm -hmm. fascist Italy, okay. and, and uh, Roosevelt's New Deal. That these were four managerial revolutions, very parallel, all, all resembling each other in many ways. Okay. So the managerial class comes in. Okay. So to understand a political system, it's important not just to look at what the laws are. For example, Liberia had adopted the U.S. Constitution. When uh, with the ex-slaves, when they when they came in there uh, under under James Monroe, I guess it started. The point is, the history of Liberia has been rather different from the history of the United States because of the people. 
Right. All right. Because they have, you know, they're, they're, there's just no, no comparisons. So it doesn't matter what you have on paper. What matters is the quality of the people, as it's, as especially as it's reflected, expressed, and impressed by the elite class. Okay, so if the people really like Eddie Van Halen for president because they really respect guitar players, right. he's their best choice. If they are looking at uh, a whole government system that's messed up, they want somebody to come in and manage it and take care of it so it all works better. Yeah. And otherwise, oh man, is this guy really good looking? Is he cool? Yeah. Is he rich? He's just exactly what we need to run. So it just matters what the people think, but it's it, moreover what we're making them think. Yes, what we're making them think and what they think they want. It's a bunch of lies. And, um, you know, if you look at a, a parallel theory, it's called the, the gene culture feedback loop, okay. which is uh, developed to some extent by uh, Edward O. Wilson. He said, let's suppose you have a society where facility with words and writing poetry and songs gets you all the girls. Okay. So then everybody who wants to get married and have a lot of children, it's the poets and the singers who are successful. And so they breed more and they have, they are more and more of those people until you have a society like the Balinese where they're very graceful dancers, but there's almost no difference in appearance between men and women because grace is everything. Okay. Or you have a society of warriors where they're, you know, where, where arrogant beasts are controlling everything. So see shift in the character of a leadership class okay you're all it's not just the leadership class what you're seeing is a shift in values of the people the way the way they look at good and evil the way they look at success and failure the way they look at oh what i want to be when i grow up is once upon a time you wanted to grow up to be like general eisenhower who commands armies defends his country in battle and becomes president of the united states what we have yes we have is uh, a growing perception among americans and I think formed largely through popular culture, okay. that self-restraint, personal dignity, stoic resignation, knowing how to behave in public, knowing how to act like a grown-up, all of this has more or less been put on the back burner. There are still people that we admire that have these qualities, but for example, who, what political leader does? Mm. Joe Biden? Mm. Uh, no. Hillary Clinton? Mm. No. So what the, the Trump revolution is not just an attempt to turn the country around by changing its policies on trade and immigration. It's also a radical shift that it represents and that Trump understands that you can get in the ring with Ric Flair and, uh, and yell and scream and taunt. In other words, what, what everything Vince McMahon understood about the American people in creating the, the WWF, right. Trump understands that and uses it because he didn't create it. This is the way the country's gone. You, you look at Trump before TV and after TV. Yeah. That is, when Trump was just a businessman, he was flamboyant. Once he got on reality TV, he became more and more like a reality TV character. Right. So he is Mr. Hollywood. Right. So we're not getting the best and brightest. We're not getting the guys who can actually get, get the job done and do it right. We're just getting values shifted and weirdnesses of our culture, <laughs> and then it's reflected in our leaders. Is that what you're saying? 
Well, I'm being Machiavellian right now, so I'm not saying what's good and bad. What, I'm, what I am saying is that if we want to understand what's happening to us, mm -hmm. probably uh, the best way is not to read the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal. The best way is to study what Trump is, his character, but then compare it with like the judge programs on TV okay. or wrestling events or NASCAR events or the Harvey Weinstein fiasco, which revealed temporarily, because we will cover all this up eventually, that essentially a, a woman who wants to make her way in Hollywood has to prostitute herself. Otherwise, she doesn't have a career. Right. Now, they, the women don't want to put it that way because, see, they were all raped. They didn't. They didn't succumb to these the the pressure of these big shots. They didn't simply bargain for favors, which is what they obviously did do. No decent, respectable woman would put herself in that position. Right. Okay. I get what you're saying. They knew uh, that he they knew was the game. okay. Yeah, they knew the game. They knew that. Look, they've it's known a, the game the since game. the 1920s. If Donald Trump is, as I believe he is, Mr. Hollywood. Okay. He is the most hot, he is the, he is, we used to call him Hollywood hot dogs back in the 50s. Right. If he is the classic Hollywood hot dog, more so than Clinton and Jack Kennedy, why do they hate him? If I'm right, why, do they, why, why does Hollywood well, hate him? Well, I think it's because he does not represent ultimately what they wanted. Uh, he does not typically represent what their political idea uh, should be. Yeah, that, that is certainly, that is, that is the key. And if you look under the surface of simply he defeated her, because see, she had a right to be president because she represented a minority. Okay. Brother. So that, and, and, and that was Hillary's position. That's what she ran on. I'm a woman, I'm a woman, I'm a woman. That's all she ran on. Okay. But secondly, the ho people in Hollywood, mostly, uh, I'm talking now about the actor, the performers are mostly stupid and the directors aren't much better. Okay. So, or highly skilled at something, but generally not intelligent. You think, you think about George Clooney is highly skilled at something? Or, uh, or Brad Pitt? Well, or Leonardo DiCaprio? They make Come good on. movies. There's some movies that are really entertaining well, to watch. I get that, but I understand on the basis of their political views. And no, no, no. I'm not talking about that. They're, they're terrible actors. I mean, they they don't they haven't learned their profession. Okay. And so so they haven't even done that. So I I wouldn't concede. There are good actors in Hollywood. Okay. You know, I mean, uh, you know, you, uh, Robert Duvall is a good actor. Sean okay. Connery was a good Hollywood actor. Agreed. Michael Caine was a good Hollywood. Okay. There are a lot there, and there still are people on the way up. up but coming. these guys are the the pretty boys are not are not even actors. But the, mostly, what you have in Hollywood are dumb people, very uneducated people, unreflective people. So, in other words. They, uh, somebody like Harrison Ford, for example. Okay. Harrison Ford is perfect, dumb as a rock. You know, he was he was doing uh, he was doing construction work before people thought decided he was cute and he could and George Lucas put him into movies. Okay, but these therefore, what do they know about the world? They know what they've seen in movies. And they know what they've seen on TV, because they're not going to read a book, for, for goodness sake. And if they write a book, they pay somebody to write it for. Okay. So they read gossip columns. And so they are, these, 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 these people who are part of the creative process of creating American pop culture, they are the products of that. Now, one of the things you know, if, you, if you're part of that universe, you know that Everything is beautiful in its own way. We're all the same. Mm -hmm. Races don't matter. Religion doesn't matter. Okay. Sexual orientation doesn't matter. Yeah, right. Everything, everything is beautiful yeah. in its own way. So 
uh, and that the boundaries shouldn't exist, so there should be one mass of mankind. Right. Just because you have to have the misfortune to be born in El Salvador doesn't mean you're not a good American. So okay. you should be, you should, we should send planes down there and fly up the whole population of Guatemala, bring them into the United States and give them voting rights the first day. Now that is that is what they that's what the American liberal elite believes. It's what they teach in Harvard and Yale and Princeton and Berkeley. Kind of a globalist view, not yeah. just America. We're all in this together on We're planet all, Earth. And no distinctions are possible. No distinctions of of ethnicity. No distinctions of religion, social class, wealth, ability, talent. Are you and, saying there should be social distinctions of those nature? I'm saying there are, and there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, but it's being more and more ignored, it, or well, there's, there's a pretext because, of course, e even as these people are claiming to destroy social distinctions, they're building walls around themselves. So uh, it's like Mark Zuckerberg, Mark yeah. Zuckerberg, you know, who violates massively the privacy of of millions, tens of millions of people, Agreed. and then when somebody takes a picture of him cleaning up after his dog, he's he has the guy dragged into his office and he lectures him on the importance of privacy. <laughs> Okay, that, 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 okay. The, it is like what uh, Milo Vangelis, the, uh, the Montenegrin uh, a communist, in his book, The New Class, which was the first analysis of what, what communism was really, one of the first important analyses of how communism really functions, because right. he was one of them. And he said, uh, communists eliminate all forms of property except their own. Oh. In other words, see, all, no, no more. No, nobody owns any more land. Who owns the land? Well, the people own. Well, who really owns the land? Well, the country owns it. Well, who who runs the country? The party. So what you're saying is that that one percent of the population of Poland or Yugoslavia or Russia, one percent of the population that controls the Communist Party owns everything. Well, it's just that the pigs are more <laughs> equal. Yeah, the pigs but are more equal. Far They're, more. Everyone's but, equal, yeah, but see, we're no, just more equal. Orwell was naive because he was he, he died a, he died a raving liberal. You know, he was always he can't get it through his mind that this is a thousand times worse. It's not just that in, in Animal Farm, it's not just that the pigs replace men, it's that they're pigs that are replacing Well, you couldn't men. tell the difference when they looked through the window. Yes, that's who right. Who are the men and who are the pigs? Yeah, but there is a difference. There's an enormous difference between people who make their own money and people who use government to steal it. So, and so what I would say is that okay. inequality, these people, in the same way that with property, with every other form of inequality, what the elite class in America wants to do is to monopolize it. They want a tiny, so that, the, so that somebody like Harvey Weinstein, along with somebody like Hillary Clinton and Al Gore and that, that whole class of people, they want to own everything the way Stalin owned everything. So what you're saying is Trump reflects what the people want or what they think they want, and you're blaming that on my generation? <laughs> Wait a minute here. I think yeah. that's been, as you yeah. so proved, I'm, I think you it's been going on for a long time. I'm, I'm, why do I get blamed? I'm blaming, why do I get blamed I'm, for Trump? I'm blaming his manners on your generation. <laughs> he's a perfect Gen Xer, uh, even though he's uh, actually, how old is Trump? He's my age, isn't he, almost? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's yeah. really old. Yeah, but see, he's big, see he never, <laughs> Trump never quit learning. Right. See, Trump, tw 20, 30 years ago, Trump knew how to behave with dignity in public. And if you look at some of his statements, you look at old interviews, he's not just this bullying, ranting lunatic. He's typical, he's like his kids. His kids don't act like this. Well, I think he came out of the 60s. Uh, do you know anybody else that came out of the 60s? Dr. Fleming? I survived unscathed. <laughs> but Trump, 
while in his behavior is the exemplary modern American, an anarchic, hedonistic, completely lacking in dignity and self-control on the one hand, but on the other hand, because he is among the smartest men to be presidents in the, in the 20th century, and he has seen through the illusions. It's like everyone else has been running, the, has been running Oz, you know, through, in, okay. in, like in the movie, behind a screen manipulating. Never mind the man yes. behind the curtain. Exactly. Well, Trump has pulled the curtain down, and he simply doesn't care. Now, I, I'm beginning to believe that they're going to get him. That is, that they will bring him down, that he won't even finish his first term. We'll see. Wow. Because the, the Republicans are just as rotten as the Democrats. So it's right. not, so they, they will be the ones to get him because he threatens them. Partly because he's an ego, egomaniac. He doesn't care about their little turf possessions. He's, he, he busts everything up. The reason why the elite hate him, and that is the rulers of the Republican and Democratic parties, yes. the people who control the media, people who control Hollywood. Even though he's their type. He is their type. This here's the great irony. They finally got one of them in the White House, and yet they hate him because he actually has normal human views typical of 90% of America in, let's say, 1960. Or even 1980. Yeah, I suppose. They love him for his vices, right. and they, which they pretend to criticize. Right. He's a lot like Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Constantly tweeting. Alec Baldwin calls and leaves abusive messages yeah. on his daughter's answering machine. Right. No, they're, they're a lot alike. And that's why I think Alec Baldwin does a great job imitating him. <laughs> Trump doesn't think so. I think he's hilariously funny. Because, you know, Alec Baldwin is, he's like a Trump without a brain. So. You're saying it doesn't matter who wins. It's going to be because the choices are terrible. There's nobody that's rising up, even on, the, even on the spectrum of the next couple of years, that's going to be able to bring us any which way. We're going to be in the same situation Probably. as we are now with a, a minor swing, oh, a, a major swing, yeah. one way or the other. Yeah, what, what, the, what Trump has done, which is extraordinary, is it, most of my lifetime in watching politics, I have seen one after another populist rise up, challenge the elite. Uh, you know, George Wallace said about the Democrats and the Republicans, there's not a dime's worth of difference between them. Okay. And uh, Wallace was shot. Oh. you know, for his pains. Yeah. But Nixon tried to use the Wallace strategy uh, as as he it was dictated to him by Kevin Phillips and did something. But then, you know, Ross Perot, Pat Buchanan, okay. one right. after another, yes. these guys come up and they appeal. But the American people are so dumb and so ignorant oh, and so obtuse. Well, they don't realize that, the, that, that what they're being offered is is salvation off given to him on a platter and they turn away from it but see trump yes because trump is mr reality tv trump you know trump is is the vince mcmahon of politics right you see he he knew from the beginning i got it i'm a right. hollywood star right. i know how to break through the media cordon the new york times cnn the right. new republic i don't need any of that because i'll go directly to the american people because i'm a tv star right and so the irony is that this the trashiness of trump yes is why he's successful well uh there's the good side and the <laughs> the, the bad side i guess in the the bottom line at this point all i can say is well uh, thank you, President Trump. Well, I, I, people say you can't, surely can't support him now. 
I, I haven't seen anything that he has done as president to change my view. I thought he was a brilliant and uh, uh, flamboyant, but also a, a man without any dignity or self-restraint. Mm -hmm. I knew that before yes. he announced. I have loathed Donald Trump since the first time I saw him. But... I actively, I actively support him, and anybody who he draws lightning from the from the sources you want him to draw it from, and that is they hate him. They hate him. Both parties hate him. The whole crooked, corrupt, stupid elite class of America hates Donald Trump, and that's why I continue to love him.